Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome this morning to New Life Church. We are honored and thankful that you're with us this day. And um, as I mentioned, uh, celebrating those who have decided to follow Jesus with their life. And uh, no greater joy than to know that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that our hearts, our lives are on a path, our souls are on a path of eternity with Jesus. And so we're thankful for that. Man, what a, what a, day, what a day last week. Uh, the day of Easter, the day of the resurrection that we celebrated was powerful, and then last week getting to witness that and celebrate that. So uh, listen, uh, let me invite you to open up your Bibles to the New Testament, to Second uh, Timothy. Second Timothy is where we're going to be today for a few minutes. And also, uh, one more thing I want to mention, uh, you'll get more information in our announcement segment at the end of service, but coming up on May 19th and 20th, we're partnering with another church in town at Poplar Heights Baptist uh, to put on a, a marriage conference. It's called Exo Marriage. We're not doing it. We are, uh, it's uh, simulcast and brought in that we'll watch and participate together. But uh, you can go to our website, nlcj.org, and you can register for that conference. But it's May 19th and 20th. It's called the Exo Marriage Conference. Haley and I were able to be a part of that earlier in the year. And um, I'm telling you, it is enriching. Uh, it is uh, challenging. It is convicting. Um, but it's also very, very solid and very good. So more info is coming at the end in our announcement segment. But please pay attention to that. And I encourage you to get registered for that particular conference. So today we're starting a new series, and uh, I'm, I'm going to just be introducing it today and, and just getting, getting a sneak peek into this. We're starting a new series on eschatology, the study of Scripture about the end times. I will not have big charts uh, or anything like that behind me, but uh, what we will do is um, take it one week at a time. Uh, for the next 84 weeks, okay? I'm joking. I'm teasing. I'm not going into that that long. Anyways, um, but we're, we're titled our, 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 our series. It's called Remain Faithful. Remain Faithful is, is what we have titled this series. And I want to start by just introducing just a small portion of this. And we're going to start in verse uh, 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Read with me. It's on the screen as well. It says, you should know this, Timothy. This is from the Apostle Paul, by the way, uh, writing to a young pastor, Timothy. Paul is in his last days of life and ministry, and he's writing to encourage Timothy and the church there at Ephesus. And he says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, say last days, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. And on down to verse 14. 
Paul says, but you, say that's me. Come on, everybody, say that's me. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true. You know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from your childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, the Scriptures, to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank You for this text. Thank You for Your Word, God. All of it is inspired by You, breathed by You. Today, may we breathe it in. May we be encouraged by it. Lord, may we be built up by it. May our eyes be opened to something new through it. And may our lives be framed and shaped by the very Word of God. I ask you to speak through me, those of us who are sharing today, to be anointed by your Spirit and let our lives be greater because of who you are and what you can do inside of each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There was a priest and a rabbi from local parishes. They were standing by the side of the road. They were holding up signs. The rabbi's sign read, The end is near. The priest on the other side of the road held his sign up, which read, Turn before it's too late. They had planned to hold up their signs in front of each passing car. The first driver yelled out, Get a job! Second driver yelled out right after, Leave us alone, you religious freaks. Shortly thereafter, around the curve, they heard some noise. The screeching of tires, splashing of water, followed by some more screeching of tires and splashes of water. And the rabbi looked over to the priest and he said, Do you think we should try a different sign? The the priest responded, Well, perhaps maybe... The bridge is out, might be better. The end times, the study of it, the talk of it. To some, people are fantasized by the end times. To some, people just don't care. And to some large portion, somewhere in the the middle. There's a lot of books on the end times, a lot of movies on the end times, a lot of Things have been spoken on about the end times. The goal that we have in this study that we're going to take over these next few weeks is as we will study some scripture pertaining to the end times, which is what that means, eschatology. Don't let that scare you. Don't let that word freak you out. You also may not hear what you want to hear either, okay? So I'll just give give that to you. But what we will hope to achieve, our goal is to look at Scripture in a way that we can put traction to, that we can anchor our souls in, that we can find hope and we can find encouragement and we can find the strength that God wants to provide us to live the rest of our days as faithfully as we possibly can. We will look at some 
definite points. You will hear things. We will talk about some things like the Great Tribulation. We will talk about the pre-tribulation, some of the mid-tribulation, some of the post all the different views that are out there that seem to come from different looks of Scripture. We will talk about some things like that. But one of my hopeful goals through that is that how we travel through it, you and I will be able to hang our hat on truth. We will be able to hang... I'm not, I'm not an expert in, in eschatology, all right? Uh, by no means. Um, to be honest with you, uh, this is probably going to be one of my first times to really take some intentional time to talk about this topic and to preach and teach on this topic. Um, but I do believe it's a part of a pastor's job to try to prepare their people uh, in the day and times in which they live, all right? And I don't try to preach anything to you that I myself can't live, or at least make it my prayer to want to live, all right? I'm not going to preach to you something that I don't believe in either, all right? Uh, I will share some things, elaborate on some things, but at the end of the day, just like anything, you have a choice as to how you will land and how you will believe, how you will follow Christ. It's my goal to try to simply present to you the truth as best as I possibly can, as much as the Holy Spirit will allow me to have insight on and share um, and, and through a lot of different things of reading uh, and researching and things to that nature. I believe that at the end of the day, just like at the beginning of any day, you and I have to have something that we can chew. We got to have something that we can swallow. We got to have something that we can put inside of us. We got to have something that's going to put some meat on our bones. We got to have something that's going to give us some strength in our muscles. We got to have something that's going to help us have faith to take a step each day in this world, wherever we may go, on our job, in our school, at Walmart, wherever we may go, all right? That we got to have the faith and the ability to walk it out and live it out and to, and to be a person who continues to have their feet grounded in the kingdom of God, rooted in the kingdom of God, and branch out into this world to provide a, a, a sense of safety and support and strength to those who are lost so that people can say, hey, how do they stay grounded and anchored in such a crazy time? That's who we're supposed to be, friends. As Christians, that's who we're supposed to be, all right? And so that's our goal uh, through this, we're going to look at some things like, and, and some common questions that come up. Why is it important to have such a healthy uh, belief and outlook about the end times? We're going to look at some other things like, how, uh, how does it all end? Anybody care to know that? We're going to look at that as much as we can. Um, we're going to look at how, um, when will it all end? I can't tell you that because I don't know. And anybody who tries to tell you a day and a time, they don't know either. No one has. Uh, for those of us who were around in 1988, you might remember those uh, essays and turned into books that were written, 88 Reasons Why Christ Was Going to Return in 1988. And a lot of people did some wild and crazy things because of that. Uh, in 1989, 89 Reasons Why He Did Not. All right? So there's a lot of stuff that people like to say. I'll give them credit. They put their name on the line. I don't know that I could do that. But at the end of the day, we have to come back to Scripture. We have to come back to the Word of God. And right here, Paul, living his last days, 
of life and ministry reaches back and says, I got to say some things to some people. I got to say some things to the church. And he writes this letter to Timothy and he tells him, hey, the last days are going to be difficult. Think about it then, writing it at that moment, reading those words, hearing those words. Don't you have anything better to say, Paul? Come on, man, telling me it's going to be difficult in this last days. But he reminds him, hey, regardless of what the last days look like, Timothy, here's what you need to concern yourself with. And the people you shepherd, remain faithful. Remain faithful. You can't get caught up in what everyone else is doing. You can't be turned aside from what anyone else may or may not do. You have to remain faithful all your days. And that's the position that I believe we take in our lifetime that we remain faithful to Jesus through all our days and that we do as much as we can to teach, train, and disciple our families and pray for our families to also remain faithful to the Lord all of their days. I think that's probably one of the greatest things that could be said about any person who has ever lived for Christ is on their tombstone and at their funeral, they said, no matter what, they remained faithful. They didn't give up. They didn't lose heart. Oh, they had their struggles. They had their issues here and there. But man, there's one thing that can be said about them is they continued to be faithful to Jesus. To remain faithful. And one area that you and I are called to remain faithful to is to remain faithful to the truth, which is God's word. God's word. So Paul reminds Timothy, hey, remain faithful to the truth, to the word of God, to the scriptures. And the reason you and I can do that is because Jesus himself overcame. And because he overcame the world, and anyone who's born again and has Christ in them, we can overcome as well. That's one of the final things he said prior to his entry into Jerusalem and his triumphant entry he told his disciples in John 16:33 I tell you this you're going to have troubles and trials in this world it's not a secret but here's the thing have peace take heart have courage because I have overcome this world and friend you and I can remain faithful Christians all around this globe can remain faithful in last days in end times because Jesus has already overcome Jesus has already conquered. Jesus has already taken it. And if he is in us, we too have the power and the strength by the Holy Spirit and the guidance and the assurance of the word of God that you and I can remain faithful and that you and I can also overcome. So we're talking, we're going to be starting out talking about remaining faithful to the truth. To the truth. One of the signs that Jesus gives about the end times is found in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. I'm going to read it. He says, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations, all people groups will be able to hear it. And then the end will come. Whole chapter of Matthew 24 talks about a variety of signs that you can look at towards the end of time 
But one of them particularly is that the truth of God's word would be able to be preached to all people groups and the end will come. According to David Platt's missions ministry, Radical, there's over 3 billion people in over 7,000 people groups who are currently unreached by the gospel. Think about that. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Over 3 billion people in over 7,000 people groups who are unreached by the gospel. Today, we are welcoming the Gideons International Ministry into our church today. They're a partner of ours that we partner with, and they're a body of believers who have a strong mission, that is to make the Word of God available to everyone. And together with the local church, their passion is to reach souls for Christ. And so uh, we've got one of their speakers with us today locally. Dan Morris is going to be coming and sharing with us for a few minutes and then I'll be coming back to close things up. But we're talking, the primary objective today is to highlight, spotlight, showcase the preservation and the power of the truth that changes lives. And so will you help me welcome Mr. Dan Morris this morning. Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers. Simon called Peter, Andrew his brother, casting the net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee their father mending their nets and he called them and they immediately left the ship and their father and they followed him after Jesus was crucified buried and on the third day he arose and after he spent 40 days walking the earth, teaching, leaving instruction, he called his disciples together before he ascended into heaven. And these are his last words to us. Matthew 28, end of the chapter, last few verses. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go. Teach all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You like to fish? I like to fish. And he called us to be fishers of men. Now, let me introduce you to to the Gideons. We are fishers of men like you. 
when you go fishing, you need some bait. What do you use for bait? This is what we use. Can we get this in the hands? We've got a motto. A Bible in every hand, Jesus in every heart. That's our goal. Several years ago, a hungry Nanette fisherman left the town of Siaka in the Yamal Peninsula in Siberia. The Nanettes are hunters and fishermen and gatherers. They live on the Siberian tundra. This fisherman was looking for food. He needed to feed his family and to make some income. And he prayed that day to God. And he said, if you're there, would you show yourself strong to me today? Would you reveal yourself? I'm looking for a sign. You ever done that? I remember a day when I said, God, are you a myth? Are you real? Would you show yourself to me? Not long after he finished his prayer, a Bible fell from the sky and landed near him. I ain't lying, that's truth. He went back into town with a copy of God's word saying, I received a sign today. Today he's part of a church where there's 30 Nanette Christians, his villagers. What he didn't know is that a helicopter had flown from Sakakard that day that he got his sign. And in that helicopter were some government officials going through the cargo. And they said, well, the first aid supplies are good and the blankets are good and the food's good. But these books, what are we going on with these books? And they started throwing them out the window. Gideon New Testaments. One of them landed near this fisherman. Now, it may have been a miracle of God that that Bible fell beside that fisherman, but it was an act of obedience to put the Bible in the helicopter in the first place. And it was Christians like you, a church like this, that gave the Gideons a donation, and we used that money to publish, to print, and to distribute God's Word. Why do we do that? Because we know something about God's word. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces deep. It divides flesh and spirit. When I ask God, are you real? Are you a myth? I opened the book. And I looked in it. And my eyes fell on Jeremiah 29, 11, Where he says, I know my plans for you to give you a future, to give you hope. And if you pray to me, I'll listen to you. And I'll bring you back from that place of captivity that I drove you into. And I was going through a hard time. But I got my answer from God's word. You see, there's a man in here that turned water into wine. He walked on the water, he gives sight to the blind. He gives back life to those who are dead. He fed 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. There's a man in here that makes demons flee. He makes cripples walk. He's chosen you. He's chosen me. And I know in my heart, and I have no fear, I'm a much better man because of the man in here. The son of God, the son of man, the word of the living God, the fountain of living water. There's a man in here they went looking for, but they didn't find any room for him at the door, so they lowered him down on the stretcher bed, and Jesus, he looked at him. He said, 
All your sins are gone this day. Take up your bed. Go on your way. He walked through the crowd. We heard him declare, said, I'm a much better man because of the man in there. Son of God. Son of man. Mary's babe of Bethlehem. The prophet's Messiah. David's good shepherd. There's a man in here. The disciples cried as a ship was tossed from side to side. So they woke him up as the waves grew high and said, man, don't you care? We're about to die. And he said, peace, be still. And the seas were laid. He said, where's your faith? Why are you so afraid? And the seas became calm and the winds became clear. And they said, thank you, God, for the man in here. Son of God. Son of man, my Savior, my Redeemer, how about you? Have you confessed him as Lord? He says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. He says, store up your treasure in heaven where the moth can't eat it, the rust can't rust it, and the thief can't break in and steal it. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone opens that door, I'll come in and abide with him. Have you done that? Bernie DeMet was a tough, hard-nosed businessman. He was happy to tread on anybody who got in his way. He knew where he was going. He was determined, and right from the beginning, he was programmed for success. As a partner in a successful IT firm, Bernie traveled all over the world but mostly in Australia, and he stayed many hotels over the years, but something was always missing in his life. All that he had, his career, his financial success, never satisfied him. And every now and then, when there was nothing on TV in his hotel room, he'd, put, he'd pull that Gideon Bible out of that nightstand drawer beside the bed, wherever he was staying, and, and he started reading it. And that's how God started speaking to him. That's how the Holy Spirit got his attention and one time in a Brisbane hotel standing on the eighth floor looking over the balcony at the driveway below Bernie was pulled in two directions his loss and grief in his life and desperation was calling him over the edge but somehow through what he had read in that Bible the night before God was calling him back inside to get on his knees and pray and that's what he did he went back in there, and he had a conversation with God. And he said he felt the presence of God come into that room. The Holy Spirit filled that room. And he said he felt God put his loving arms around him. That's his description of what happened to him that night. And within a few months after giving his life to Christ, Bernie was at a Bible college studying for the ministry. He became involved as a student volunteer in the Australian ministry called Christianity Works. And today he's the CEO and a Bible teacher that's become an organization with a global media footprint. And every time he sits down in the studio in front of a microphone, he now shares the good news of Jesus in a weekly audience of over 15 million people throughout 1,050 radio stations in 160 countries around the globe. And that's what a $5 Bible can accomplish in the hands of the Holy Spirit in a hotel motel. And that's why we do it. What better way to share the gospel than to give someone their own personal copy of God's Word? The Gideons 
goal is to distribute 90 million Bibles in 200 countries in 109 languages. Do you think that will impact the world? The Gideons who travel as business tourists, as businessmen, wherever they're going, we use our profession, we use our skills, our gifts to be ambassadors for Christ. We can go places sometimes missionaries can. We have a Gideon camp in China, but don't tell anybody. We have a Gideon camp down in Cuba, but don't tell them. We're under the radar. We don't do a lot of advertising. Rodriguez was in Cuba, had gone out and done a Bible distribution when he was pulled over. A police car stopped him, and four police officers got up and surrounded his, got out and surrounded his car, and he said, uh-oh, looks like I'm going back to jail. The officer knocked on the window, and he says, you got any more of those blue books? You see, we were, he was, they were distributing blue Spanish New Testaments. And he, he did, and he gladly gave each one of them their own personal copy of the New Testament. They thanked him and went on their way. And he says, I'll get back home tonight. I'm not going to spend the night in jail again. It's a church like you that gave us the money to help buy those Bibles. About a third of our income comes from the churches. A third of our income comes out of the pockets of the Gideons. We put our money where our mouth is. Every dollar you give us, we promise you will buy Bibles. We don't skim any of it off the top like so many organizations to pay an executive salary or executive salary. We are all volunteers. We pay our own way. We make our living by the sweat of our hands, the work of our own hands, as Paul suggested Remember, he's a tent maker. He paid his own way. But we do come to the church, and we ask, will you help us buy Bibles? Every dollar you give us, we're going to buy a Bible. We're not going to spend any of it on ourselves. The Gideons themselves pay for the administration of the Gideon organization. Any salaried employees are paid out of our pockets. We pay the way on that. We pay for the warehouse. We pay for the distribution. We're going to come today to ask you, would you do a few things for us? Would you pray for us? Would you pray for open doors? School doors and hotel doors are being closed. But we know the one who can open the doors that no man can close. We work for him. He's our boss. Would you pray that we can raise the funds? Would you use the Gideon card program? We left you a card rack out there. This is a card in memory. You can buy Bibles in memory of a loved one or in honor of someone. About a third of our money comes from these Gideon cards. About a third of it comes from the Gideon's pocket, and about a third of it comes from the churches. And we're going to ask you today, would you give? Would you help us buy Bibles? If you didn't get one of these little brochures right here, I wish you would take one. It's got a self-addressed envelope in it. You can mail us a check at any time you want to. It also tells a few testimonies, like what I've shared today. This is a testimony from Brandon from Tennessee. 
After being wounded in active military duty, Brandon found himself lying in a hospital bed surrounded by four walls. He was at an extremely low point in his life, and he remembered the testament presented to him by Gideon before leaving boot camp. You see, we try to make sure that every soldier, every airman, every sailor, every Marine has got a pocket New Testament in his pocket when he ships out from the distribution center. We try to make sure every fifth grader gets a little pocket New Testament. We try to make sure that people in college get them. We go to nursing homes and give a large print Bible with helps, and we deliver those, and we sit down and we read this. You, you ask a little old lady in a nursing home who nobody's visited in years and you sit down there and say would you like me to share a scripture with you and she tells you her favorite she says yes would you read the 23rd psalm to me and as you read it to her you see big tears rolling down her face and as you get ready to leave she says would you come back and see me again no I haven't had a visitor in years don't forget our old folks in these nursing homes don't forget our folks in the hospitals. Don't forget the youth at Youth Town. We teach a discipleship class there. And two weeks ago, we had eight confess Christ as Lord and were baptized last week. Y'all had eight baptized. We, y'all had eight baptized. We had eight baptized at Youth Town. We're going to baptize the whole world before it's over with. Seven and a half billion people in the world. And the Gideons are in, in position in places where we can reach about 90% of those 7.5 billion people. One and a half billion of them are over in China. Another one and a half is in India. That's 3 billion right there. Well, we're in India. We have camps there. We only got one camp in China. It takes 10 men to make a camp to get a camp started. And we're in the business of growing this Gideon organization. There's about 240,000 of us today sharing the gospel and we're just a arm of new life church we're part we're your missionaries we go in the name of Jesus Christ just like you do I want to thank you for allowing me to come today and and share this share these testimonies I I could stand here and I've got a hundred of them or so I've got a lot of them I could share, but I'm going to stop right there, and and I'm going to ask you, would you consider joining some of you men that uh, run a business, uh, ranchers, farmers, school teachers, would you bring your wife and come join us? We'll get you an application. We meet at the old country store at 7 o'clock every Saturday morning for a prayer breakfast where we get on our knees and pray for the needs of the church and our community. And we make our plans. Who are we going to see? Who are we going to go share the gospel with? Where are we going to place Bibles? The Gideon's Auxiliary take Bibles to the medical clinics, to the nurses. We try to make sure every nurse has got one of these little white pocket New Testaments so we, as we make our plans to share the gospel, would you come join us? Would you come help us? We join you. We are your missionary arm here in our community and around the world. Thank you for allowing me to come.
May we not take for granted God's word. Amen. I was almost 16 years old before I got my, I owned my first Bible. Had my name on it. I've got it in my office. May we not take for granted the ability to have God's word. And may we continue to remember those who are still in need of hearing for the very first time. You know, we're spoiled here in America, right? (laughs) May we not take for granted those who are still needing to hear for the first time. There are people here in America who have not heard it, believe it or not. Believe that or not, there are some people here. Dan was telling me his story in the lobby. I can't retell it because it's his story, but man, I was blown away by this one of the stories he told me. <laughs> Not heard the story of the gospel, needing a sign. Pastor Rich Velotis in New York says, When Jesus was tempted, scripture flowed from his lips. When Jesus was challenged, Scripture flowed from his lips. When Jesus was crucified, Scripture flowed from his lips. One of the ways to live like Jesus is to internalize the Word of God so that when we are cut, Scripture spills out. What a statement. What spills out of us when we are cut, when we are hit in life, when we are wounded, when we are impacted by other things? What spills out? This world that we live in, we have one life to live. Amen? One life. How are we going to live it? Let's live it to remain faithful. Let's live it to remain faithful. We're going to be receiving a love offering for the Gideon's ministry. Pastor Lindsay, when she comes here in a moment, she'll give the instructions on the different ways you and I can give. You can also uh, take the information that was given to you as you came in about the Gideon's, and you can also give on your own directly to that particular ministry as well. And everything received and marked in the love offering for Gideon's will go directly to the Gideons. Close your Bibles, close your notebooks. If you got your phone, close it. I want to read this final blessing that Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica over you today. Just receive this. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.